time for episode six, The Endless Thirst. And I was right, it's about water. Alright, buckle down, because it's... Home. Away. From. Dome. Yep, that's, that's the name of our show. Alright. Okay, hey everybody. Um, so, episode six. Uh, we're almost halfway through season one. Um, if I'm not mistaken, each season's going to be a 13-episode season, so... 39 episodes overall and this is episode six of season one as i said um a few interesting problems come up in this episode um a lot of them one of them seems very avoidable uh but some of them seems like they will introduce real problems uh for both the people of chester's mill and for the people of uh, toronto's mill um anyway let's uh, let's take a look at the episode um so the theme of this episode is scarce resources um, when you're under a dome uh, in this connected world that we live in it's like that old saying there isn't a person alive who can build the pencil by themselves um, I'm not going to explain that saying even if you've heard it or you haven't <laughs> um, but yeah Chester's Mill is sort of like that you know it's it's uh, how many cities can survive by themselves and uh, even more in on that how many hamlets i guess can survive by themselves um not really chester's mill but you know they're gonna try the episode starts everybody in town is looking at where the bomb blew up and they are just shocked the dome is still there um i guess it makes sense they did all hide in a bunker to avoid the uh the explosion but i don't know it they were, I thought they were really confident about the mother of all bombs. Um, I would have put money on the dome. I did put money on the dome. Dome always wins. Um, but anyway, I don't know. They're, they're pretty shocked. But yeah, the dome's still here. Um, the whole town found out. Uh, they're not taking it that well. They all just sort of walked up to stare at it and uh, put their hand on it and uh, other weird stuff like that. I can't believe it. The dome's still here. We saw the missile hit the dome. So Linda is trying to, you know, keep the order a bit. People are getting a bit restless in this episode. You know, they've they've had a tough day. They had to run into a, a cement factory on one side of town and then run back over here. Um, anyway, so Linda might want to use her deputies, and she's like, "Where are my deputies?" And you know what? Where are they? I still haven't seen them yet. Uh, I see one of them like later in the episode. Carter, Carter. How about Carter? But it honestly feels like they just didn't want to hire more actors or give them speaking roles yet. So they're 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 very rarely seen in this episode. Any deputy that isn't named uh, Junior or Barbie, um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and when they are shown, they don't say anything. So I I feel like they wanted to leave open the possibility of a larger role for the deputies um and they didn't want to cast it in this episode because they're sort of like shadow people that uh, don't really show up because of all this chaos linda's like linda where are you deputies who do you think i'm trying to find j j yeah just that not that they're gone or that they're like uh they've quit or anything she just can't find them right now um and she immediately deputizes barbie hey barbie till i can reach my deputies i'm gonna need another hand I'll help you, but I don't need your badge. Um, note that Barbie is probably one of the only people in town she doesn't really know. Um, his big advantage is that he was in the military and 
he could beat a lot of people up. Um, she's basically got the same philosophy as Big Jim of just going after the big tough guys in town, which is interesting. But, uh, you know, Big Jim, he's a, he's a leader in this town for a reason. Anyway, so Barbie is now a deputy. Um, he didn't put on the police outfit like Junior does, so I don't know if this is going to be a long-term thing. Uh, maybe he's like an undercover cop, but yeah, he's he's uh, working with the police in this episode. By the way, him and Julie have sort of made up. Well, Julie and I aren't exactly an idol. Well, from the sparks that I saw flying, you should be. Um, I, I think the bomb almost going off made Julia just sort of go like, ah, whatever, Peter wasn't that great anyway, and he's, you know, he, he left. Definitely not dead. It's definitely not that guy, that enforcer who came to town and murdered him. Uh, no, he's probably just left, and I can uh, be with Barbie now. Um, anyway, so they're, they're, they're doing better now. They've also sort of split off for this episode. So, yeah, I think, I think the four main storylines for this episode is Barbie and Linda are going to be dealing with the riots in town. Big Jim is going to be dealing with the water shortage. I guess I should get to that. Uh, Junior and Angie are, you know, all that stuff's still going on. Uh, and Joe and Nori are just wandering around town. Two unsupervised teenagers looting homes. Um, anyway, let's let's jump into one. So we'll start with Junior and Angie. Um, so as we left off last episode, they were just chilling in Angie's room. Um you know, waiting for the bomb to go off, and then it does, and they're fine. Uh, so Junior sort of stands up and looks uh, looks around the room, and starts talking to Angie, trying to keep it uh, keep things cool. Uh, and Angie's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then hits him over the head with a snow globe and uh, runs away. Because um, <laughs> obviously she doesn't want to be there. Uh, there's a great line where Junior, to reassure her, says, You don't need to be scared, Angie. Then you notice I'm a deputy now? People trust me, just like you should. If I was Angie in this scenario, first of all, like, it's only been, I don't know, a day since she last saw Junior? So it's... I, and secondly, like, I don't know, I just wouldn't believe him. Uh, Angie doesn't know that, first of all, that all the police officers are dead, basically. She just knows the Junior showed up in a police outfit that looks like a Halloween police costume on Junior. Um, so, to me, I'd be like, did Junior murder a police officer and steal his clothes? And is he trying to convince me that he is now part of the police? I don't know. Anyway, so she runs away, and Junior's gonna chase after a bit in his car and throughout the episode. Um... It's sort of weird. Like, she runs from her house into the woods, which I guess makes sense, because Junior could probably find you if you follow the main roads. But then later, it's it appears that she's running uh, right alongside the road, and she has to hide by trees. Like, I don't know. I understand the idea of traveling by the road, but, like, there's, there's a middle ground there. Like, you could be 50 meters away from the road in the woods and uh, still follow along with it. She was basically, like, a step away from hitchhiking. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> so that's what Angie's up to. Uh, meanwhile, Nori and the... Uh... Oh, man, I don't know Nori's family's name. That'd be a good way to classify them. The... I'm just going to let Lindsay edit in a sound. Uh, yeah, that family. Um... 
they sort of start the episode off with a bang. Uh, Alice hasn't been taking her insulin because she doesn't have any, and she sort of wanders into the road, and then a car swerves and uh, hits a water tower, and, uh, oh, there goes all the water in town. What happened? Alice didn't see the truck coming. The driver swerved and hit the tower. Joe and Nori pulled about just in time. Uh, not good. Um... One, one interesting note, the uh, appliance store that the truck was for was called King's Appliance. Um, I'm just going to guess that that was an allusion to Stephen King, the uh, original author of Under the Dome, so pretty cool. Anyway, um, the town's out of water. Also, fun fact, the, the, the water tower that he hit is the water tower they show in the opening. Um, so I, I'm hoping the next episode... They'll have an updated water tower that's like all busted up, but I, I, I don't think they do that. I don't know. It's just funny because it's like the one part of the show that they show in the opening, and it's already out of out of out of date. So, town runs out of water. Barbie and Linda go to Big Jim, and they're like, "We need more water. We're gonna." Uh, oh, and they went to the lake. Where's your tower get us water from? Lake East Point. It's our main source. And the lake is full of methane now. <laughs> All the fish are dead. This is the water from the lake. It's polluted with methane. It must have cut through an underground mineral pocket when the dome came down. So it's undrinkable. Yeah, until we figure out how to filter it. Uh, you can light the water on fire. It's, it's no good. Can't drink it. So Big Jim's like, ah, oh, yes, well, let me consult my, my charts. Uh, as a native to Chester's Mill, my father showed me... There are artesian wells underneath Chester's Mill. Now, some have dried up by now. Apparently, there's one under Ollie's farm. So, Ollie, uh, I usually refer to him in, in, in the podcast as one of the homophobes, or homophobe who didn't get shot. Uh, but he's, he's coming up more in the show, so I'll just call him Ollie. Um, Ollie and Big Jim go way back. Uh, they don't like each other really i've known ali long enough to know that he could be a pain in the ass so i gotta talk to him anyway big jim for some reason decides he should talk to ollie even though ollie hates him um and goes like ollie i need water and ollie's like you want my water you'll have to pay for it he's like okay i'll pay you for it uh this whole conversation has a lot more snarls and stares um and then Ollie ends it by saying, if you step foot on my land except to bring me more propane, you'll get a bullet between the eyes. It's a really empty threat. Big Jim is a killing machine. Um, and I don't get that vibe from Ollie. Uh, like, Ollie just sort of seems like an old guy who almost, I don't know. But Big Jim, like, he just murdered the Reverend. He always has a stare that looks like he's going to kill somebody. Um, and it's Hank from Breaking Bad. Ollie's not going to kill him. Anyway. Uh, that, that whole plotline is sort of silly. Um, Big Jim gets some propane and gives it to uh, Ollie, and then he secures water for the town, which was also pointless. But uh, this stuff will go somewhere later, I'm pretty sure. But for now, that's, that's it. That's all the water stuff on that end. Uh, but that takes a while. In the meantime, the citizens of Chester's Mill begin to riot. Hey everyone, just an editor's note. Uh, for those who haven't been keeping track as obsessively as I have, uh, there have been four riots so far since the dome came down in Chester's Mill. And just to put that in perspective, that is four episodes that have had a riot out of six so far. 
I thought that was interesting. Carry on, Steve. It's a slow burn. First, they all go to the town general store to buy water or something. Um, And the... I don't know. This is Linda's worst police work yet. Um, There's about, I don't know, 30 people outside lined up. Um, By the way, man, social distancing is the worst for lines. Like, the whole town's out to buy water in this, and they still have a shorter line than we do at the grocery store because they don't have to be six feet apart. Um, Anyway, uh, the whole town's there, and they're, like, about to start a riot because the shopkeep is like... Folks, listen... I'm sorry, but the only payment I can accept is either propane or batteries. The only true currency. Ooh, currency. Current. Anyway. Um, Linda comes in and sees somebody getting mad, and the guy's like, So our money's no good now? I mean, we got cash. The guy's like, well, I can't feed my family money. And I, I don't know if he was going to feed his family propane or batteries, but whatever. Like, he owns the general store. He should have food, and if he doesn't, I don't know who he's getting the food from, but... Sounds like a scam here. I digress. Um, Linda, to calm people down, goes, Hey, guys, 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 does anybody have a spare battery? And everybody's like, what? And then one guy's like, yeah, I got some spare batteries. And it's like, can we give it to the guy who's complaining? It's like, all right. And they give it to the guy who's complaining, and then he goes, I'm sorry for making a scene. But, like, the whole crowd was rioting. Like... I assume almost none of them brought batteries with them or pro nobody had propane you could tell that so like I don't understand how that solved the riot it's like if you had a hundred people who had ten bucks and they need a hundred bucks and then you just tell one guy to give the other guys money like I I don't know it doesn't solve anything (laughs) maybe they were just intimidated because the police and Barbie were there yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed to work, but then the next scene, uh, people are starting to steal stuff, and then the next scene, it's just a flat-out riot. Um, Barbie, by the way, is a machine in this episode. He's a Terminator. I, I wrote in my notes that he would is like the Hulk um, because he just sees somebody steal something. And by the way, like 90% of people in town are stealing stuff and then hunts them down across the earth to pummel them. Um, And he does this on multiple times, and it's just like a a bloodlust going through him. Um, So, I don't know. Like, we're going to go with uh, Barbie's... I would move him up in the fighter's ranking, but he's already number one. Winner! Uh, The Dome is still number two. Uh, Junior's still number three. Um believe angie was number four because she lost to junior <sighs> yeah i'm still gonna keep her number four even though she hit junior over the head with a snow globe because like in their two duels now junior won decisively once and angie just sort of eked out and ran away in the other one anyways so angie in fourth uh the mooks of uh, chester's uh, mill are gonna be put in fifth uh, cause they just got whooped this episode. K.O. Um, and then Peter Shumway is going to be in sixth. Um, Lindsay wanted me to point out that I didn't rank, or she didn't want me to point this out, but she brought it up that I didn't rank, um, Reverend Coggins, uh, who did fight Big Jim in the last episode. Um, I didn't see it as much of a fight. I don't think Reverend Coggins knew what was going on. He just sort of fell into the dome. 
Um, so that's why I didn't include him. He wouldn't be very high up in the list uh, if he if he did. <laughs> he might even be below Peter Shumway, but we'll we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know what was up with Barbie. Uh, like, and it just just another loss for Linda. Like, she picked a psychopath to be the head of um, or another deputy on her team. Barbie. Get a hold of yourself. I think they might be going for like a PTSD type of thing with Barbie. Like he just almost has like a Vietnam flashback. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll explore that later as time goes on. Um, meanwhile, uh, Angie finally stops running around the woods and goes to the diner. Uh, and she sees Rose, the innkeeper or <laughs> diner owner. And she's like, Angie, where have you been? Rose! Junior locked me in his fallout shelter. What? I tried to escape, but I couldn't. And then Big Jim found me. He locked me in again. I can't believe Big Jim would do something like that. Big Jim, what a guy. 10 out of 10, he's got my vote. Um, and anyway, <laughs> two local ne'er-do-wells. Sounds like the Dundee brothers. Waylon, Clint. Come into the store. Uh, during the riots, and they're like, We know that you still got meat in that freezer of yours. Yeah. And it doesn't belong to either of you. Honestly, for places to loot, going for food, it's it's a smart move. Gotta respect it. Uh, for some reason, though, they beat the elderly diner keeper, I don't know, with a baseball bat, and she dies. And it just seemed so unnecessary. Like, they were both strapping young lads like I don't I don't think she was gonna be much of a threat and it wasn't like it wasn't like she was gonna tell the police there was a riot going on outside like the whole point you're stealing from this story is because society's collapsed like I don't know it just seemed very unnecessary um how they just murdered her uh, and, and they knocked Angie out yeah Junior's girl really put up a fight she can't now um, I thought they were going to play it off like she lost her memory and then she's like, oh, hey, Junior, we're still dating, right? But uh, she just gets knocked out. Her memory comes back later. Um, yeah, so the riot's out of control. People are running around the streets. For some reason, they have a scene where Linda drives in. Sorry, this is another win for her, and she goes, I remember Duke telling me about some riot gear the Fed sent us after 9-11. And it's like, oh, cool, okay. A lot of exposition there for something sort of pointless, but... Um, so <laughs> she pulls out these uh, tear gas canisters and her and Barbie throw them at the crowd and it does nothing everybody just keeps running around and Barbie's like this is it? this stuff's 10 years old it loses effectiveness and uh, Linda's like ah oh, shit yeah you're right <laughs> so I don't know I don't know why they included that scene I just found it funny them throwing tear, ga uh, tear gas that did nothing uh, somebody also slashed the tires on her car. Like, I assumed the rioting was to get food, but some people were just being, like, dicks, so I don't know. <laughs> All right, so that's the riot plot line. Um, Joe and Nori, so touched on it earlier. Um, Nori's mom, Alice, she's a diabetic, um, and she needs insulin. What's wrong with your mom? She's a diabetic. Kind of loses it when she forgets to take her insulin. Uh, so they go to the hospital because she's out, and then they're like, We have 23 diabetics in Chester's room. Our insulin supply is gone. Pharmacy has to have some. When Marvin Coggins ransacked the place, he took all of the drugs, including the insulin. 
and they're like what what should we do and the nurse the nurse once again horrible bedside manner just goes pray leaves um they still seem pretty busy but uh, anyway now i'm not an expert on insulin um so i could be wrong here but i assume that the average person when that needs insulin has more than a four day supply of it like i don't know four days i understand like nori's family running out in four days but like the hospital runs out in four days they run into a guy who's already out of his insulin like it just seems really unlucky maybe i'm wrong maybe you have to go buy insulin every week um and then you know what real life is even more unlucky but i don't know it just it, it intuitively it feels like you would get more than that at a time but whatever um i think they wanted to do this storyline now yeah anyway so nori decides that you know she doesn't want her mom to die so she's gonna steal insulin from the people in town who have it so her and joe go around town trying to uh break into people's houses and steal their insulin um i don't know i actually like this storyline a bit um uh, nori was put in a tough spot and joe just sort of had to uh go along with it tell me how to help i'll do anything they find a guy ray garcia 341 cubitus drive he's like almost shoots them and he's like i'm all out insulin they're like well i don't they didn't say this but i assume they'd even if he didn't believe him he was pointing a gun at them and then they break into another house and there's a kid who the kid is like the kid looks like he's older than what they expected to play the role because like there's a certain age where saying i'm a big boy um is cute you know because they're not but there's a certain age where saying mom says i'm not a little boy anymore is not cute because it's like yeah no she's right um <laughs> please don't call yourself that and the, and the kid just seemed a little bit old to be referring to himself like that anyway he's the kid who has who needs the insulin and so nori was like i can't steal insulin from a child to help my mom like he's like an eight-year-old um and then she steals like a sixth of his insulin because you know you got to make a compromise Hey guys, so just an editor's note about the end of this storyline with Nori's mom. Uh, with the one dose, apparently, uh, that they stole um, from the child, they bring it to Nori's mom and she's okay. And when Nori asks what about next time they need some insulin, this is what her other mom has to say. Let's just be happy she's better for now. Yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, finally... Man, so much happens in this episode. Uh, Julia is driving around town with Dottie, um, going, trying to find some interference that's whacking up all the radio noise. What is that noise? I don't know, but it's jamming a broadcast. Kind of sounds like the alien from Aliens. Uh, and they eventually, be, I, I don't know, Dottie has some sort of radio device finder, like divining stick type of thing. Us radio heads call it a Yagi. I rigged it to locate the source of the screech using frequency triangulation. Uh, eventually they find out that it's Joe and Nori and they're emitting interference or radiation. I don't know. Um, so it's more uh, proof of Joe's uh, walkie-talkie theory. Uh, anyway, Joe and Nori then accidentally touch the dome at the same time and the interference stops and it's like... Radio's working again. Whatever is jamming the airways is gone. 
because Joe and Nori touched the dome together. Did the dome expect that to happen? Did the dome need that to happen? Why did the why did the dome make them start emitting noises and why did them touching the dome stop it? I don't know. And they're not going to answer that. So it, it's it's up to your imagination and it, it better be better than mine because I don't know why it would do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Julia's a bit suspicious of the kids. Um, sort of like... They're connected to it. It's like the dome is using them. And then Dottie's like, well, okay, let's, let's rat these kids out. Um, this is one of the lines that I really wanted to talk about. Dottie says... Big Jim's gonna know what to do. That's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> Big Jim is... I don't know. He's... He's a sleazy car salesman. He's he's not a great leader. I don't know. I always they always talk about everybody in town loving Big Jim, but none of our main characters actually love Big Jim. Nobody likes him. Nobody trusts him. Um, but there's always this belief that everybody in town looks up to him or something. So like, you end up having characters say things that always feel weird coming out of their mouth. Like, let's tell Big Jim he'll know what to do. And it's like. You expect the town to say that, but any particular member of the town saying it sounds weird. Anyway, they do that. Um, before I get on to some comparisons with uh, the real world, uh, I must have missed it, but there's one point in this episode where uh, some people Junior's age call him... Uh, Little Big Jim playing cop. So I'm going to try and use that to describe Junior occasionally. Um, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty funny to me. <laughs> All right, so what are what are some questions that this uh, episode raises? Well, the first off is um, shortages. What are we going to do about that? Um, so in this episode, it's a water shortage, and I'm going to talk about why that's not a problem for us. Um, but, you know, there will be shortages. Um, insulin, like Toronto's a big city, but I'm sure we'd run out of medicine and things like that. Not after four days, but maybe four weeks or a few weeks or something like that. Um, food, uh, we don't really have farms here or anything like that. Um, so after a certain point, uh, we would all begin starving to death. Um, I think looting would probably set in. Um, I think that the riots that occurred would be pretty easy to curb with an effective police force. Um, and by that I mean not Linda and her gang of people she recruited yesterday. Junior, where have you been all morning? Sorry, Linda, I got a situation. Well, I need you to do your job. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that once we run out of food, it will be people uh, breaking into stores, breaking into people's houses, and it will be sort of like a Mad Max type of society. Honestly, I'm a little scared. But I think we'll have a longer gap before then, so let's say that that'll take about a month and a half, we'll say, before people start uh, rioting. So I think we're five weeks into social distancing here, and we haven't, uh, society hasn't collapsed, so. I don't know. I'll, I'll check in next week. Right now we'll call it a tie between social doming and social distancing. Uh, neither one, I think, would start rioting by week five. Um, maybe the dome, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, and the second, the second main thing was the water shortage. Um, so, 
how do they solve the water shortage in the uh, in the show? You might think it's that Big Jim set up an arrangement with um, Ollie, uh, but that doesn't actually matter because it starts to rain in the dome. It can rain! It can rain inside the dome! Um, and they all get water that way. Now, you may remember, back in episode two, they uh, Joe noticed that water can come through the dome uh, if you blow if you uh, spray it with a hose. Um, why he didn't tell people that, and why they didn't assume rain could come through the dome, uh, I don't know why. Uh, but what I would do is. Uh, I would either put up a sign that says uh, water can come through the dome uh, which I think would reassure people but how I'd actually do it is I would get Justin Trudeau to hold a big hose and blast it at the dome for about an hour or so and people can notice that water is coming through to the other end um, I think that would be a really uh, unifying moment for the nation um, I also can apparently contract the PM to do things like that. I guess as like the dome minister, I can, I can get away with that. Hey guys, so for those that were as confused as I was, Steve doesn't think that he would be a resident of the Toronto Dome. He's a big boy, he can handle himself. Take that as you will. Um, yeah, so the water situation. How is it only raining in here? The dome must have its own microclimate. The water from the lake evaporates, but the dome traps it inside. Julia has an interesting point about the dome in that she thinks that they needed rain and so the dome made it rain. Um, and that they needed uh, they needed to not be exploded and the dome protected them. I mean, this can't just be a coincidence. Okay, so what, now the dome's helping us? Maybe, maybe it's trying to reassure us um so she's sort of on team dome um she has a case of stock dome syndrome um yeah I, I i came up with that one i'm really proud of it um it reminds me a bit of the only other show i mentioned on this podcast lost um there was a lot of talk of the island like it was a real thing um like a living being that would uh, you know, you would have faith in the island. The island wanted me to see this. Things like that. The thing about the island is that it had a plausible deniability that I think made people like it. You know, like, maybe the island didn't cause your plane to crash. Or maybe if it did, it was all for a greater purpose, you know? Because you're here and, um, I don't know, there's miracles happening. Uh, people can walk who couldn't walk. And you can see a magical horse or something. I don't know. Um, but on under the dome, it's like, I don't understand why people sympathize with the dome. The dome is a huge jerk. Like, yeah, you didn't blow up because of the missile sent because the dome's there, but like, they wouldn't have fired a missile at you if the dome wasn't there to begin with. I don't know. Um, man of science, man of faith, man of dome. Um, it just doesn't work quite as well on this show, I find. Yeah, anyway. That's sort of the big issue for this episode is shortages. Um, and I think that would, you know, I, I think they played it pretty well. I think they made it happen. Running thing on this show is everything happens so quick. 
um, like four days in, I don't think there would be riots like this. But anyway, I think the general premise is uh, pretty true and something we'd have to watch out for. Um, yeah, so episode ends. Um, so Angie gets, just to give a little bit of recap, uh, so Rose, the diner, gets murdered by a baseball bat and they knock out Angie, but then Barbie comes in in a rage and, uh, you know, just un- unloads on one of the guys. Uh, takes Angie out, puts her in Big Jim's truck. Big Jim's like, oh, okay, I'll take her. I'll take care of that. No problem. I, don't mind me. Takes her over to his house. Um, and he tries to make a deal with her that's like... So I'm not talking about giving you money. I'm offering you my word. We can be friends. If you will just try to put this terrible event behind you, I'll get you anything your little heart desires and she's like i don't know about that and then junior comes in and junior's like what's going on here and that's how the episode ends so it feels like every episode ends with the junior angie storyline um but yeah we'll, we'll have to see where that goes um man, how long was that 30 minutes Whew. wow i'm not gonna say the seconds because then you can figure out exactly how much of this podcast is clips through uh through um i don't know reverse math that's not the word i wanted but whatever uh next week's episode the halfway point um is called imperfect circles i have no idea what that's gonna be um i think it's gonna be about um i don't know maybe the dome is oblong uh we'll have to see maybe it's more of an egg Um, by the way, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the thumbnails for the rest of the season. I forgot that I, I I think a fight club is going to be started. Anyway, I don't want to spoil too much. All right. That's, uh, that's episode six. Signing off from Chester's Mill. See ya. Bye. Hey guys, just to end it off, um, Julia had some really funny lines in this uh, episode, and for those not watching, she's really become the new conspiracy theorist, I think, so I thought this next clip really had to be played. You think the dome was trying to scream? Or protect itself. Who knows? But if it was, it might be what's generating the dome itself. We just have to follow the signal to the power source. Yes, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And to end it off, let's end with Barbie's very correct statement about this episode. Yeah, I guess you could say everybody went a little crazy today. Okay, bye.